This is Terror and Tacos. I am Christy Vela. I am Michael Federico. And today we're going to talk about one of our favorite movies, uh, Session 9. Yes. Uh, but before we do that, we do have to talk about the tacos we had today because after all, this is Terror and, and tacos. tacos. And we're not eating them right now. We, just, um, we ate them a little while ago. We ate them a little while ago because I felt like the tacos would be really distracting. And I'm just going to say it because yeah. they were like homemade tacos. Homemade tacos. That honestly, just, I ate two, two of the best tacos I've ever had. Thank you, man. Yeah. They no. were yeah. unbelievable. And you said they are specifically in the South Texas milieu yeah, of tacos. Yeah, because so so my sister I told you my sister uh, recently moved to Dallas from South Texas I'm from Laredo Texas and one of the things that I miss about my hometown and the area where I grew up is um, the cookouts uh, the carne asadas and traditionally on Sundays you know you just get together after church with your family and there's tons and tons and tons of food, and there's fajitas, and there's ribs, and there's steak, and there's chicken, and there's sausage, and there's beans, and there's rice, and salad, and anything, you know? And inevitably, when the cookout is finally done, everybody takes home a bag of food. So awesome. this past weekend, my sister had a cookout. She lives in Capel, and uh, she gave me a bag of food. She gave me a bag of ribs and a bag of fajitas and um so i decided that we should eat some home tacos so that mike could taste south texas fajitas they were incredible yeah you have said this to me before uh this is i, I think i'm quoting you correctly <laughs> peasant food is the best food peasant food is the best food i really think so so a little history on fajitas right yes so fajitas as you know is the uh like a Fajita means belt, right? So it's skirt, skirt steak. And um, and in the old days, in the early part of the 20th century, um, that was the part of the cow that was thrown away in South Texas. Uh, and the workers, who were all Mexican, um, being poor, would take home what they would throw away. And so they started cooking fajitas and, of course, they were delicious. Right. And I guess the, you know, the people who lived high on the hog, so to speak, <laughs> didn't realize that fajitas are actually delicious. And then they became a really popular thing and all these chain restaurants started making them. And the, what I find funny is that like when I first left Laredo and uh, would go into restaurants and they were like, chicken fajitas. And I was like, what? what? Like this is me as a 17 year old going, chicken fajitas. Like I don't understand what's happening because... A chicken doesn't have fajitas. Right. You know, fajitas is an actual cut of meat. It's not a way to cut meat. Right. So even more ridiculous to me was shrimp fajitas. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, wow, if they were, were if these were shrimp fajitas, they would be like this tiny. I'm making a tiny gesture with my Very finger tiny. and thumb. Uh, so yeah, so you know, authentic South Texas fajitas are like ambrosia and from, from a specific cut of the meat yeah from a specific cut right. of the cut. which i actually did not know until 
you told me that today. Yeah. Because to me, fajitas are just like, well, it comes out in the, you know, you grill it or skillet or whatever. No. But yeah. So. No, no, it's not. And you can prepare them. It doesn't matter how you prepare fajitas. They will always be fajitas because that's the cut of meat they Because there's an are. actual meaning to the word that yes. has been lost to us. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and the tortillas were as close to homemade as I will ever get. They're, you know, you can get like raw tortillas at Fiesta and they were flour tortillas and I will never make flour tortillas by scratch because that shit's hard. Right. And my mother used to get up at five o'clock in the morning and make, make. flour tortillas every day for the house. That's you know? Crazy. Yeah. And so the day that H-E-B, which is a food store chain <laughs> in, in South Texas, South Central Texas, the day that H-E-B came out with um, ready-made flour tortillas, that day, my mom stopped. Stop. Stop making them. And I asked, so you're never going to make tortillas again? She was like, fuck no. No, I'm not waking up at five. She's like, I never have to get up at five again. Yeah, my 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 grandmother would do that for family meals, and we would go visit in Philadelphia and, and would spend all day making what she called gravy, what everyone else would call sauce, mm -hmm. you know, just like marinara. But she would make it all day. It's work. It's crazy. Yeah, and the first I have the first time I ever heard of gravy was when you said it. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know. I think it is purely a Philadelphia, South Jersey thing. I don't know, it's... but I was in Providence recently. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and I went to it. the Federal Hill is like the Italian, Italian neighborhood, part, yeah. and I went to like a little you know deli, and they had uh, I, I think I can't remember if it's like called Providence or whatever. Anyway, but it was Sunday gravy. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, I've got to try this, and I sent you a picture. Yes, and it was awesome. Yeah, macaroni and gravy. That's what my my grandparents called it. Um, but yeah, the fajitas were incredible, so I thank you for that. Yay! Um, I'm a horrible cook, so I'll never be able to repay you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a dinner at some point. That sounds great. Um, cool. So let's talk about session nine. Um, wow. Do you want to do the old, just sort of give a sure. brief, brief overview yeah, of, yeah. of main plot points? Let, well, you know, let me say that it was written, in, it was directed by Brad Anderson, who's also known for doing The Machinist, directing The Machinist. Mm -hmm. And that, that weird movie where Christian Bale is super Like Lost skinny. All the Way. Yeah. yeah. And another movie called Trans-Siberian that I'm not familiar with. Nor am I. Uh, and he also co-wrote it. He wrote it with a guy named Stephen, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Gevedon? Gevedon? I think so. Yeah, and he's also in the movie. He plays Mike. He's really movie. good in yeah, it. Yeah, he's super good. Um, and this movie, let me say, is uh, it takes place in Danvers, Massachusetts. And they wrote it specifically for this castle, basically. I mean, I call it a castle. They call it a castle. Uh, Danvers State Hospital, uh, which closed down in the 80s. Yeah. Um, for real. And, like, this place legit exists. And had been open since the 19th century. Had uh -huh. been open in the 1800s. Yeah, since 1850-something yeah. or whatever. And it's huge. It was a huge place. It has since... It's a historical landmark, so they can't demolish it completely, but part of it is gone. Right. But, like, the main structure is still, still standing, there. and they've done something with it. But So this is an actual uh, place that exists in Massachusetts, which is, to me, one of, like, the hauntiest places yeah. I've ever I, been yeah. in my life. I've been, like, so New Orleans, Philadelphia, and all of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, to me, are just haunted. Yeah, the, especially growing up down here, uh, especially in North, in, even in, in North Texas, probably maybe even a little more than South Texas, you know, something's old. It's like, well, it was built in the 60s. 
<laughs> you know, and in, in like Massachusetts. And, we love tearing yeah, shit down in yeah, Dallas. Exactly. In Texas. And Massachusetts, Philly, and places like that, you have actual history. You know, not like yeah. England where they're like, it's a thousand years old. But... No, but I mean, in Massachusetts and Providence, you can go up to a house and there's a plaque on it that says 1629. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Fuck, yeah. Like, there are pubs in New York that have been around longer than the uh -huh. state of Texas. And this Danvers State Hospital was a mental institution, right? Mm -hmm. And where they pioneered the full frontal lobotomy or something? The, yeah, they pioneered the full frontal lobotomy with, you know, the way they do that is they, they have a special instrument oh, that you, <laughs> you put between your fingers like a fucking brass knuckles. Yeah. And it's a long stick, a long ice pick, basically, about seven, eight inches long. And they stick the ice pick through, like... Not through your eyeball, but like between your eyeball, where your tear duct is. Yeah. Between the eyeball and, and they're able to puncture the brain. Oh. And a few little kind of like pumps up and down. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And then, you then, know, you're fine. then you're fine. Then you're fine. You just got to wear a bib all the time. Oh. And uh, you get a black eye for a little bit. And you wear, they, the prescription was sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah. That, they, that's Christ. where they did that. But also, the interesting thing about it, which is we've been talking about this for the past few episodes. We said this was a different kind of movie. And it is a very different kind of movie. But it also touches upon these common themes uh, in the 80s. Now, some psychologists say that it's not real, but it did exist because in the 80s, there was a thing called the satanic panic. Absolutely. Remember? Yes. Uh, where it was, there was like a, a wave of psychotherapy called memory regression therapy. Mm -hmm. And where, you know, they you'd sit with a hypnotist or with some kind of therapist that would make you remember certain things in your childhood. And, uh, overwhelmingly like teenagers or you know whatever young 20s people seem to recall horrible um satanic, satanic sexual ritual. abuse yeah. yeah and i was like why you know and then and it's since been disproven you but know there was when i was growing up in plano texas which is a northern suburb of dallas and is like you would picture a northern suburb of dallas yeah uh there was a park that sort of Split East and West Plano. Mm -hmm. That book kids from both both sides of the tracks. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's all Plano. Both sides of Plano would go hang out at Bob Woodruff Park. And in the eighties, all of a sudden, we were all told like, you can't be there after dark. Yeah. Fucking Satanists yeah. are hanging out the at Bob hatchery, Woodruff man. Park. Yeah. yeah. I'm not from Dallas, but John tells me stories. My husband, John. Because John's from Dallas proper. John's from Dallas proper, and he's from East Dallas. Right. Like, he grew up in Casa Linda area, and he has stories about Flagpole Hill. Yeah. And the fish hatchery at White Rock Lake, right. where there were certain times you can't go there. Can't go there. They're Satanists. So, so at some point, we need to maybe do a whole thing on, on urban legends. Yeah, and yeah. All. Yeah, because we were all told... This is where the Satanists hang So out. crazy. Yeah. So, and you know, it's like the Satanists are probably at some posh bar yeah, in Bellum drinking good drinks and listening to good music. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually what they're, what doing. they're doing. They're not hanging out at a shitty park in a northern suburb. Right. So, <laughs> that, so the, in the movie, the, the hospital has been closed down allegedly because in the 80s there was a big lawsuit of this one patient. Her name was, I'm just going to say this before we get into like 
the five guys that yeah. are, that are in the in the movie that make up the main characters. Mary Hobbs is her name, and she was one of these patients who started remembering like horrible satanic uh, abuse. sexual abuse. Yeah. Uh, perpetrated on her by her dad and her grandfather and her mother and mm -hmm. this involved not only sexual abuse but like eating babies and yeah you know terrible shit horrible like, horrible shit like yeah. they would rape her repeatedly so that she could get pregnant so that they could cook the fetuses right and it's like, ah, just insane that's disgusting yeah insane like, level of even shit, I'm like please stop like um, an Aronofsky sort of wet dream <laughs> right <laughs> so true <laughs> um so so there was a, a huge lawsuit, and apparently uh, that's why the hospital... Because it was proved, at least in the movie, that the girl was actually a virgin. Yes, yeah, she was She was so a virgin. None of this had happened. So none of this yeah. had happened, and the, the parents had been arrested and all this stuff, so the, the parents were, like, suing the hospital, so they lost a lot of money, so they had to close down the hospital. So right. now it's this abandoned um, hospital. Right. Uh, so these guys who are an asbestos removal team, mm -hmm. which is, I think is great. Yeah, I still love that as a, um, as a thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, they come in, they're, they're hired. Uh, they put in a bid to come and remove the asbestos from certain parts of the hospital. And the, the main guy, the guy who owns the business, his name is Gordon mm -hmm. in the movie. Uh, played by Peter Mullen, who is fucking incredible, Scottish yeah. actor. Oh yeah. my God, I don't think there's anyone better. But anyway, he's the head of this asbestos removal team, and his kind of like right-hand man is played by David Caruso. Yeah, man. Who plays Phil. Yeah. So we need to talk about that in a little bit, yeah. okay? But uh, so he really wants this job. For some reason... He, need, he needs money. He needs money. Yeah. Gordon needs the money. And so they look at the job, and Phil, the David Caruso character, says, oh, this will take us like three weeks. Right. And Gordon goes, two weeks. And Phil kind of like, you know, hesitantly agrees because he knows that Gordon needs the money. And he says, okay, we'll do it. But secretly, unbeknownst to Phil, Gordon tells the guy, I'll do it in, in five days. In five days, yeah. And it's hard work. So that's the, that's the whole setup. They bring in, you know, he wins the bid. Yeah. And he brings in his team, uh, who they all seem to have something going on sure. in their lives. So there's Hank. Played by Josh Lucas, and Hank is just a fucking cad. Like, yeah. he's a gambler. And sleeping with... And sleeping with Phil's ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend, yeah. That's right. Caruso's ex-girlfriend. Right. So they, like... The tension they between clash. them is immediate. Right. Yeah. That's not arbitrary. Like, that's important to the plot. Yeah. And uh, Stephen Gavidan, I hope I'm saying it right, who's one of the writers, he plays Mike. And Mike is kind of like this slacker guy who used to go to... Who used to be a law student and dropped out to become a asbestos removal right. person. Just, it's just a job. And even um, even amongst the guys, they're like, you're too you're smart, too to, be smart doing, yeah. to be doing this. Yeah, and so he's sort of obsessed with history, the history of the building. Right, because his dad was the lawyer on the on team. Case. Yeah. Uh, and then Brendan Sexton III plays Jeff, and he is Gordon's nephew. nephew. He's like the youngest and the newest member of the team because there's usually four of them, but they found that because... Gordon made this promise. They have to bring in. They have to bring in someone else and someone yeah. who won't cost them a lot of money. Um, incidentally, I was watching this movie with my son yesterday, uh, Dante, who we both love this movie, and like both my kids love it. Um, and uh, 
you know, Dante goes to school in Boston, mm -hmm. and the movie takes place in Boston. And I said, so is this is this authentic? I was just asking him, do they look like Bostonites? <laughs> and he said, yeah, that guy looks like a typical mass mass, mass hole, <laughs> um, which is a, apparently a term. A term. Yeah. Anyway, Sorry, Massachusetts. That's Sorry, how Mass it goes. I love Massachusetts. I really <laughs> do. I love Boston. If a city could be your boyfriend, Boston, Boston would be would my be boyfriend. But um, yeah. Um, so anyway, so those are the people. So they they come into the hospital and they have to start removing the asbestos. Now, I'm going to let you take over for a little bit because this is complicated. Like the, yeah. the plot line is complicated. So I'm going to let you talk about so it. So one of the things that starts to happen and where the movie gets its title is Mike, the the guy whose father, he was in law school, his father was a lawyer, and sort of knows the history of the place, stumbles upon a room, mm -hmm. essentially, and he finds an old, like, reel-to-reel -reel audio, right? Right. Um, player. And you see these recordings, and they are labeled session one through session nine. Right. And Mike starts to listen and we are introduced to Mary Hobbs. Mary Hobbs, who clearly is suffering from some sort of split personality yeah, multiple disorder. Multiple personality disorder. Um, we meet her. She has a personality named the Princess, who's yeah. like a little girl, and then Billy. Uh, and the doctor keeps asking her what happened that night in Lowell. Yeah, right. It was Christmas. Christmas. Um, and each time Mike starts listening to these, and he starts making excuses to go listen right. to them. Right. He's always got to check the breaker. He'll pull right. out cords so things will stop working. So uh -huh. he has to go check the breaker and he'll go do this. And each time the doctor brings up, asks these different personalities, who is Simon? Right. Who is because Simon? Because it's the princess, Billy, and Simon, Simon. are her other personalities. And we, we have not met Simon. No. And Billy and the princess and Mary herself will deny even knowing Simon. Right. So as Mike is sort of delving into that, um, Gordon starts to, we sort of see him losing, we don't know exactly what's going yeah, on, we right? Don't know, we don't know exactly what's happening. So, you know, it's one of, it's one of those wonderful movies where I almost don't want to ruin, ruin it. it. I, don't, I don't either. Yeah, because it's one of those movies where you're watching it and you realize if on a, upon a second viewing or even a third viewing, you start clocking things and going, oh, I should have seen it right there. Right. So one of the first scenes is he goes to his home. Gordon goes home to tell his wife, I won the bid, mm -hmm. right? And it's a real kind of, you know, kind of solemn scene of him sitting in his car looking at his wife and his newborn baby. Yes. Important. Um, playing in the front yard. And he's got flowers for her and he's got a bag full of groceries and a peanut butter and Oreos, which become important later. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that like that's one of the first scenes you see. And then it cuts to... Monday, when they are working, working in the hospital. And we sort of keep coming back to, to this, this scene. Yeah, And we don't know scene. exactly what has happened. You know, and he's talking to, he calls his wife on the phone, and he just seems like there's a lot of stress being yeah. put on him. And uh, David Caruso's character is concerned because they're really, yeah. really good friends. And also starts to think that Gordon is becoming a liability 
right. um, and that they're not going to finish the job. Right, right. Um, and so the movie sort of sets up, you you don't know who to trust. You, right. You don't know who is still in their right mind right. and not. And without giving away too much, the the team starts to disappear. Yeah, they, they start to disappear. <laughs> Each one of them is dealing with their own thing. So... David Caruso has a, a, he not only is one of the other members of the team now sleeping with his ex-girlfriend, but he's also battling, uh, clearly he's battling like a drug addiction yeah. that he's trying to get over. Yeah. Um, Mike is kind of obsessed. Mike becomes obsessed with these tapes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which is sort of how we, how we get, get the backstory. Right. Um, Hank I wouldn't say Hank is like suffering from anything that he knows of, but he's clearly an asshole. Yeah. And he's a gambler. And one of the most, to me, one of the most horrifying scenes, because we have this whole, who is Simon? And we start to hear Simon right. in, in outside of the tapes. Right. But one of, to me, one of the most horrifying scenes is Hank, who is a gambler and talks about needing an exit strategy. Right. Like he like, you got to get the fuck out of this yeah, job. Yeah, he doesn't like this job. He finds... All of these old coins. Yeah. And he's digging through what you assume is dirt. Right. And he finds all of these old coins and stashes them. You know, he's like, because he gets called and he's got to get them out. But this is what we would think is worth a lot of money. And then the camera pans around Uh the room and we realize that these are coins in a fucking oven. Right. Right. Where... He's he's like it's, I assume it's where such bodies a, were yeah, burnt. It's such a beautiful shot. Yeah. He finds this coin and then is able to like remove discern. A, like he yeah. removes a brick from the wall and a cachet of coins falls out. Yeah. So he starts digging through dirt, right? And then set you but you're looking at it from the point of view of, of him. Right. Then suddenly the POV change changes and you're inside the hole. Yeah. Right? And as the hole as the camera pans out you realize that he's actually removed the brick from the backside of an oven, oven. and that this is where bodies were, were incinerated. And, yeah. these were, and these were the coins that were left Things behind. that were left yeah. because it's not... Then he starts to find rings and glass glasses eyes. and glass eyes. Yeah. And he even finds like, you know, teeth with gold, gold in them or in whatever. Them. And it, it is in some ways to me like the most horrifying image it's a, of the... It's a, it's a quiet movie, but yeah. it's, it's it's horrifying. Um, yeah. And so, the kid, and the kid, I just want to say that the yeah. kid, uh, uh, Jeff, he suffers from nyctophobia. He's terrified of the dark. He's right. terrified of the dark, which is how Mike discovers the tapes. Yes. Because they lose power, and he says, hey, mullet head, go, go down and turn down the power. And he says, I can't. I'm afraid of the dark. So fucking Mike is like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he stumbles upon all these tapes. So then that's when he starts making excuses and making sure the power cuts out. Cuts out out so he can go down. Right. And there's a great payoff for the, for the, is it nyctophobia? Yes. Oh Oh my God. God, That's a great scene. He is, shit is starting to go down. Something is very wrong. That's all we'll say. Mm -hmm. We won't give away too much. Um, Something is very wrong. And there's a scene of him running as the power is going out trying to out, literally outrun, outrun the, the darkness. darkness and it is it's shot brilliantly it's, yeah. yeah and so you know we didn't care about spoiling the witch we didn't care about spoiling the omen because quite frankly if you're a horror fan you should have seen yeah. this but oddly 
people yeah. don't know session nine. Right. When I was, I wrote this down, something I wanted to bring up to you, because when I was looking, just reading stuff about it, it is on so many, like, the scariest movies you've never seen. Right. Or the best horror movies you've never seen. All right. these types of lists. And I, I mean, I don't know that, we, I don't know if it's a comment about the film industry at large or just society or whatever, how things are distributed. I don't get why more people haven't seen this movie. And are not crazy about it. Yeah. Yeah, it is hands down. And, and dude, we've seen a lot of scary movies between us. And it is hands down one of the scariest movies I've ever it, seen it in my life. It creeps me out. It is one, and I know we've... And I, I read, My wife will never watch it again. Yeah, John doesn't like to watch it. Yeah. Um, and I, oddly, I won't watch it at night by myself. I don't blame you. I, I won't. And there's something about it. Uh, there's a... A, a great when they're talking in the special features uh, there's this quote from one of the I can't remember if it's the director I think the, I know which one you're talking about it, where he says it's like it's um, horror through dread not shock yeah it's, yeah, it's not so much horror it's yeah it's it's horror through dread not not jump scares and things like that although there's there are a couple there really are a good couple ones. that are yeah. really good ones but uh, I love a good jump scare but that's not what this movie's about which brings me to a thing you know, I was reading about it, uh, and I can't remember who wrote it. I, I will be better about citing sources, but I was reading one of those lists. It's like one of the best scary movies you've never seen. Um, and the writer says, you're left at the end of the movie with many questions. Yes. Which is so great. Mm -hmm. uh, is it a ghost? Right. Is it a demon? Or is it me? Is it me? Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah, I think that that's the the most one of the most effective things about the movie is this idea of what is Simon? Is Simon is he a ghost? Is he just this thing on a recording? Is he an entity? Is is he me? Am I the thing? And and that so much of the movie is about not being able to trust people around you and then even worse not being able to trust, to trust yourself. yourself. Um, right. If you know it's 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 going to be difficult talking about this movie because there are so many things in it that if we talk about them too much then we'll we'll give away plot yeah. points. But there's you know when the doctor is trying to figure out from from on the tapes from Mary Hobbs who's the princess, who is Billy and um you know uh, he he. The doctor asks. Who, who, the doctor is also the voice of David Caruso. Yeah. By the way, the doctor asks the little girl on the tape, um, "Where does the princess live?" Right. Right. And the princess lives on the tongue. Yes. Yeah. And because she's always talking and whatever, right. whatever. Billy said. He. The doctor asks, "Where Where do you live, Billy?" And Billy says, "I live in the eyes because I'm always watching." Right. And then at the very, very, very end, when we finally meet Simon, Simon, um, Simon tells us where he lives, and it's terrifying. Yeah, it just gave me chills thinking about yeah. it. Um, okay, so that's kind of a movie without <laughs> us spoiling the end, which I, I think is important, because like you said, so many people haven't yeah. seen it. Um, so, so, okay, so what do we want to do? Do we want to like now say at this point... If you want to go watch Session 9, go watch, go session, watch nine. session 9 and then come back and listen to the rest That's of great. the podcast because going forward, it's going to be difficult to talk to talk about yeah. it without giving spoilers. So moving forward, so, spoilers. Spoiler <laughs> alert. 
uh, I just want to say first that David Caruso, man, in this movie, like, now I think David Caruso is a terrible actor. Generally speaking, Generally I agree. Generally speaking, he's awful in everything I've ever seen him <laughs> in. Uh, all you have to do is Sorry, watch. David, I apologize. Yeah, like, you know, I know he's listening to us right, right. now. Right, But oddly in this movie, or not oddly, I don't know. He's, he's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. And I had a, com- you know, Dante and I were talking about it yesterday, and Dante was like, he's awful. Look at him. He's awful. He's so busy. Peter Mullen does nothing. I'm like, yeah, but it I, I think Caruso somehow. works because I, I... So good. And you don't know if you can trust him. Right. Um, so I think Caruso is, is perfect in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're all great. I mean, Peter Mullen is... That dude's unreal. One thing, side note, I love that they just let him be Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. That that shit drives me fucking crazy. I don't know why we are obsessed in American movies, unless it is integral to the plot, why a dude or a lady can't just be where they're from. As though no Brits or no Scots live Live in in America. It's so ridiculous. Right. So I love that they let him... Just be that, because he's so good, and his voice is just awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to, speaking of Caruso, and this is not necessarily a plot point, but in the interview, Caruso said, uh, in, in one of the special features, um, basically performing in this movie um, requires an actor to, to go through a bit of an act of denial, because yeah. you as an actor know that you are coming to work to sort of do this movie mm-hmm. in a place where actual horrible things happen to actual human beings. Right. Um, and he at least says that he had to kind of push that away to be able to do his job. Uh, yeah. So I was thinking, like, if you called me up and you were like, hey, dude, let's go hang out at an abandoned mental institute i would be like fuck you that's crazy you wouldn't go no i don't think i would but if you called and you were like dude let's go shoot a creepy as fuck horror movie in the same mental institution i would totally go so i don't know if that's because i'm a sellout or what i don't know i would you think you would go i think i would go like i don't know if i would want to hang out there like you know spend a lot of time Time. there but yeah i totally believe that places like that there is um you know, emotional and psych- psychological detritus. Right, sure. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, um, and I don't know why, because I would totally, for some reason, I don't know, it's because of the hospital aspect. Like, I will go hang out in a haunted house, like an actual, you know, house, house where something happened. Yeah. Um, but I know something about it being a, a hospital. A mental hospital. That is really creepy. freaks me and, out. And, you know, they, they, I don't think they did anything to this hospital to make it look the no. way it does in the movie. That's just, That's the, just way the way it is. it is. And it is fucking creepy. Yeah. It's, you know, there's there was a, a trend on Facebook a while back with all these kind of like decrepit homes and decrepit hospitals and photography of that kind of thing. And they're beautiful. Uh and they're beautiful in a, in a weird way of kind of like oh people people like moved through here at one point well, at one point yeah. yeah and so kind of like knowing that that that's there um but this place is 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 fucking creepy uh peter mullen tells a story in the special features of 
you know, sit and he and he's straight up. He says, "I fucking believe that there's ghosts here. Like, yeah. I fucking believe that this place is haunted." And there's a story that he tells where I'm not going to do this any justice because the way he says it in his Scottish accent right. is awesome. While he's like smoking, yeah, and while just he's smoking, out. and he's like, "There's some nurse who's popping pills in your mouth, and whatever." <laughs> But he says he was standing in one of the rooms, like, waiting for them to set up a shot. And he was just kind of, like, looking out the window. And uh, he heard his name. He heard someone call his name. And the way he describes it is that someone called his name and it was, like, Peter with a question mark. Yeah. Not, not hey, Peter, but with a question mark. And he thought that it was a PA saying, they need you on they set, need you on set yeah. whatever. And he turned around and there was nobody no there. And... The reason he said it freaked him out is because of the question that to him it felt like someone was asking him to come in. Yeah, an invitation. An invitation, and he got the fuck Fuck out of that. out of that. And he tells another story. uh, The special features are awesome, by the way. He tells another story where he they were just sort of hanging. They were shooting on the roof, and uh, and he and Caruso were just kind of dicking around like you do when you're acting and Mm -hmm. half. Most of your time is spent waiting. Waiting to shoot um, something. And he said he had this one thought, and he prefaces it. He says, I'm not suicidal. It wasn't even a suicidal thought. Right. Where he walks to the edge of the roof, and he's like, if I jump, would I fall or float? And he says... Oh, man. He says it's that curiosity he believes came from that, that building. Face. Which is, Which is when you watch the movie... Well, now we've said spoiler alert, so we can, yeah, we can yes. talk about it. When you watch the movie and you understand the whole of who Simon is and and uh, the, that question of, like, is it a ghost, is it a demon, or is it me, um, seems completely, completely believable. Yeah. So we learn, I'll just say it, so we learn um, that Simon, he says at the very end, he says, I live in the weak and the... Um, have it somewhere. The uh, afraid in the week or something yeah. like that. Doc. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but we don't know if, so, okay, all right, I got to go to bat because this is like super, this movie is complicated in beautiful ways. So when they're walking through the hospital, looking at it, deciding if they want to bid on this job. The guy who is taking them through the hospital is showing them all these rooms and telling them stories about all these different things that happen in the hospital. And at one point, they come across this corridor, this long, dark corridor. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the corridor, there's that fucking wheelchair. Yeah, man. That fucking wheelchair that shows up over and over. Which is the poster shot, basically. Yeah, and it's like, fuck that wheelchair. Yeah. But so Gordon somehow is compelled to stand there and kind of like... He kind of goes into his own reverie uh-huh. in, in that moment, and and everything goes quiet, and the other characters are kind of like doing something else, and then you hear this creepy ass voice mm-hmm. that says, "Hello, Gordon." Yeah, fucking a man. Oh my god! And then David Caruso goes, "Gordon, and let's he go." Snaps and, out he, of and he snaps out of it. Yeah. Right. So this is the first time that Gordon has been introduced to this. Thing. Entity, yeah. this thing is and, it a ghost? Is I, and we find out. I mean, now that we said spoilers, Gordon tells Caruso, right? Phil, right? He's Caruso. <laughs> tells yeah. Caruso, I hit Wendy, right? My wife, yeah. But we find out 
He didn't just hit Wendy. He fucking killed. He kills Wendy. And his babe. Right. And what what is astounding the first time you watch it is that you realize that Wendy and the kid, Emma, have been dead the, the whole, whole time. time. From He says it happens when he went home to tell them they got the bid. Right. So any moment after they got the bid, when they're actually doing the work, his wife and child are at his house dead. dead. And we hear, as we get back and back, we hear Simon's voice telling him to do it. Right. Do it, Gordon. Do it, Gordon. And so... And, and, but throughout the movie, he also picks up the cell phone, and there's some really telling moments where, like, the, where Mike is talking about what actually happened in the hospital, and it cuts to a shot of Gordon looking at his cell phone. This is, like, early 2000 cell phones, y'all. Yeah. But he's looking at his cell phone, and it says, Home. And he's just staring at it. Right. He's just staring at it. And I'm like, oh, that's one of those moments where, you know, you, you, you know, if, if if you know the story, you would have picked up on like, right. oh, something is something's, something's going on. Something's wrong. And he says he's staying in a motel because right. he hit her. He finally admits to to Caruso. But that if you look, you can see he's living in his he's living in the van. He's living in the van. Yeah. And then shit starts to go down in the hospital because Hank has to stash all those coins mm-hmm. that he finds, right? Because he can't just take them with him. He wants them all. And so he says, I'm going to come back after dark. He yeah. says that to himself. Um, and we've already heard Gordo tell Caruso, I don't want anyone Anybody hanging here. out after sure. dark. And at first you think, oh, it's because he's a good boss. But then you realize, no, no, it's because he's, he's there. living yeah. there. Yeah, he's not really living in the van. He's living, living in, in the, the hospital. hospital. And he keeps his Oreos and shit in the van. Right. Yeah. So he, we see Hank come back at night and he's walking. So I don't know how the fuck this, I, that I would not have done by myself at night walking through that well, creepy Josh ass Lucas place. Is oh, doing fuck that. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So he is creeping through the hospital, going to get the coins that are stashed. And then he sees a jar of peanut butter on the floor that's empty. Right. And he's like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is that? And so you clock it and you go, oh, the peanut butter that was in Gordon's truck yeah. or the van. And he keeps walking. He keeps walking to where he stashed the coins. And then suddenly, you know, you know that there's someone coming after him and some creepy shit happens and he's able to get the coins. And right as he's about to exit the hospital, the POV changes and you see Hank go, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then out. Out. And then it's the next day. And then eventually we find Hank. They, they think he's disappeared. Yeah, they're all pissed Caruso off. Caruso calls the girlfriend mm-hmm. and says he took off he, for casino school right, or something. Right, And then we fi- eventually find Hank fucking lobotomized. Right. Jeff, Jeff is actually trying to get work done. And all these other asshole dudes are like doing other things because yeah. they're all like Dealing with the, 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 the place is fucking them up. Yeah. So Jeff is going up the stairs to go reconnect the breaker or whatever and suddenly runs into Hank and Hank is just standing there and he's wearing sunglasses and he's he's repeating, What are you doing, what are you doing here? here? Yeah. What are you doing here? And so Jeff goes and tells the rest of the guys, I found Hank. They don't believe They don't believe him. him. Except Gordon. Right. In that moment, yeah. if you know the story, you're like, oh, shit, shit. he's clocking this, right? Yeah. So, but if you don't... Yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of like, well, let's go let's check go it check out. Let's go check it out, yeah. So they find Hank and, and oh, my God, when they finally take Hank's sunglasses off, 
and he still has, has the fucking he has the fucking ice pick in his, in his eyeball eye. oh god the, yeah when the lobotomy and and he's been walking around the hospital for the whole week with that fucking thing in his uh. face but it's also scary because caruso goes goes and tries to find hank yeah and so he's walking through the bowels of the of the hospital in this dark 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 hallway and he gets to a dead end Mm-hmm. And Hank is just standing at the dead end, naked. Yes. Repeating, "What are you? What are you doing, doing here? here? What are you doing here?" It's, it's crazy. It shit. is. And I think one of the things it does, and maybe it's just because it is Caruso. I don't think it is just because it's Caruso. Is there is a, a sort of flip back and forth. Is it Hank or is it Gordon? Is it Hank or right. is it Gordon? Which one of these guys? Right. And at one point, you're also like, "Is it Phil? Is it Phil? Yeah. Right. Um." Sorry, that's what I meant. I meant Phil. I'm oh, okay. sorry. I yeah. said Hank. Damn it. I ruined it. But no, they 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 but they do kind of set it up so the, that you could think it could be any, any one of, them. of these guys. Yeah. You don't really think it's the kid. Nah. But because Mike also kind of goes nuts. Starts to lose it. Yeah. Right. He becomes so obsessed. obsessed. So yeah, there is this this it could be any of these guys. Um I don't, yeah, I don't know, I, and I, I don't like I said I know I, yeah. said, I don't understand why more people haven't seen it. Or yeah, by the time by it. the time you get to the end, and and you the the way they reveal that Gordon has killed everybody is incredible. Yeah. you know, and there the voice comes back, and in his you know this is one question I have why do you, why do you think that in the movie in that scene. It's Caruso that comes back to him, and he says, he's "I need like, you to wake up." I need up, you to wake up. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Wake up. Is it because is because that Caruso's his best friend, th- or or has or, been? Yeah, has been his confidant. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, like it. I like it. I frankly uh, yeah. don't care. But yesterday I caught that. I was like, I wonder why yeah. they went in that direction. Because for two seconds you think, oh, you're you're still thinking. It's Caruso. Mm-hmm. He's he's killed everybody. And maybe that is just part of yeah, it. Yeah, maybe that's um, what it is. And then I need you to wake up. Yeah, I need yeah. you to wake up. And then Gordon wakes up and realizes that it's he, been him. him. Yeah, that he's the murdered everyone. He's murdered everyone, including oh, the scene at the end where he's on the cell phone talking, talking. to Wendy. But the, it's a close up of the cell phone, and the cell phone is fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah, it's it's broken. just the shell. It's the broken. Yeah. And he's hearing Wendy's voice. Yeah, it's so creepy, man. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You need to see it. Uh, and I, I do wonder, like, because, you know, like, at first I was like, well, it was a small movie or whatever. It was low budget, blah, blah, blah. But, man, a movie like, you know. Blair uh, Witch. Blair, yeah. Or, or, and then later the, what's the one, I don't know, any of those sort of. In, uh, like indie movies yeah, or whatever. That, that have blown, have totally blown up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this one kind of runs under the radar. Right. And I I would say that and and I'm a person like who, paranormal activity. Yeah, like you know? I liked Blair Witch. It was I did. I mean, the camera work made me a little sick the first time, but like if you stick with I I liked it. It was it was okay. It it scared me a little bit. But Session 9 is superior. Yeah, and I, Way I mean, superior. part of I think Blair Witch was it was people had thought it was the first of its kind, you know, the sort of found footage. Mm-hmm. But that's why, like, with Paranormal Activity, which, again, I, I don't dislike Paranormal Activity, um, but I don't understand why that one got so huge. And then now, like, you and me, we couldn't, like, we we went old school and bought... The DVD. A DVD, because you can't... 
It's yeah. not on. It's not streaming, and you I'm can. sure young people can find it for free. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we, but I refuse to watch movies on YouTube. Yeah, so we we you know because it's not on the major streaming services. No, um, no, I thought it would be, and I even thought like it's got to be on Shutter or, or something. It's got, like, thriller yeah. on one and of it's those. It's not. I don't it's know not. why. Um, so you said one thing that I'd like to go back to. Sure. Which is clearly like a a major theme in in a lot of horror movies, but the idea that buildings themselves contain or, or house spiritual detritus or I think is the word you used mm -hmm. um, remnants of things past uh, do you lump this in with the sort of haunted house style movie or is it something totally different to me it's totally different I agree because it's that those three questions it because even at the end of the movie you still don't know Right. You don't know, is it Simon? Right. Like, is there something inherently in this building right. that makes you do things that you don't want to do? Um, is it a ghost? Is it a demon? And the only reason that, you know, demon fits in, in there is because the satanic panic of the 80s is so... Um, talked about. And talked about sure. and, and prevalent in the movie. Um so they lead you to believe that it could be any one of these things. And then in the end, it really is just that thing of, it's horrible because it makes you look inward. Like yeah. this this guy who, and they talk about it in the movie, he didn't want to be a father. Right. He did not want to be a parent. Right. Uh, and he's not an old man, but, but he's, he's older. older. Like he's clearly yeah, he's, in his 50s. Yeah. And you can be a dad in your 50s or whatever, but clearly he had made the decision early in his life not to be not a father. And when Wendy, his wife, which I think is interesting that his wife's name is Wendy, if you're a horror movie fan, that's yeah. the name of the wife in The Shining. Also a um, building that has a lot of detritus. Right, exactly. That's why I thought, you know, I texted you immediately. I yeah. was like, oh shit, her yeah, name is Wendy. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Um, yeah, so all of those pressures mounted on him of being a dad and not wanting to be a dad and all the things that happen when you have a newborn baby, you know, if you're not careful as a young couple, you, it's possible to turn away from each other. Sure. Um, and, and then just the, the, the added financial of stress having of to having, make, having to make money yeah. and, and, uh, and then you hear a creepy voice. Hello, <laughs> Hello Gordon. <laughs> do, uh, it, Gordon. do it, Gordon. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's a haunted I don't either. I don't either. It, 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 um, sometimes, not all haunted house movies or haunted building movies, um, in some ways let the, I think, let the, the villain or the, the person who's doing horrible things off the hook in a way. Right. Um, like Amityville Horror, you know, it was the, it, it was the demon or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was or, the hell mouth in, the, in yeah, the basement. in the basement. The conjuring even is, it's the ghost of this dead witch or whatever. Yeah, who was done wrong. Uh, yeah. Um, or not, yeah. And then the demon that lives there or right, whatever. Right, right. Um, but in this, this one, doesn't, it doesn't. I don't doesn't. think it lets Gordon off the hook. No, and to me that's scarier. Honestly, I agree. like my dad used to, because I, I mean, as a child, I loved scary movies and monster movies and all that kind of stuff. And, and I would always say that I was afraid of ghosts and all this shit. And my father, one time, I'll remember, he always told me, uh, ghosts are dead. And you don't have to be afraid of dead people. You should be afraid of life people. Yeah, that's a great uh, <laughs> lesson to, to learn. Yeah. I, and that I do, that's what I really like about this is that the, 
the the terror is is inside, right? Right, and that you know, but you know, that's also a thing that that I guess it's 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 people believe that you know when you are in a vulnerable when you are vulnerable, if you are a person who believes in the supernatural, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When you are in a in a vulnerable state, like you have just suffered the death of someone in your family or you're undergoing a lot of stress for whatever reason that, 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 that is how bad demons or bad ghosts or bad spirits can, can take advantage of you. And that's why, you know, classic horror movie trope is we're moving to the country because we lost a baby. Right. Or I'm moving out of town because my husband died. Yes. And then bad, you know, and then all these things. Things happen. It, yeah, I actually wrote this down. I think this is this is what you're, I think this is what you're talking about. Is is so much of horror and some of my favorite horror occurs it's bad decisions that come out of desperation. Absolutely. Um so it's we're moving to the country because I lost a baby or we're moving to the country because we can't afford this house that we live in. Right. Sure, some dude heard demons and murdered his whole fucking family, but the mortgage <laughs> is affordable. Right. And and this stems from Gordon is desperate for money, right. we are told. Right. Which leads not only to the bad decision of going to the place to begin with, but to add stress. Caruso, we can do it in three weeks. Now we can do it in two. I'll actually do it in one. Yeah. And so now it's everything is compounded. Right. Um, and it's it's this sort of desperation that leads to a bad decision that then opens up. Right. Which it's, I really it's, like. You know, and it's a beautiful scene. There's a beautiful scene when they're each, they're parked, in, they're in the parking lot and Caruso's smoking a joint and he sees um, the van pulling up, Gordon's van, and they park next to each other and they're talking and Gordon, Peter Mullen just has this look on his face. It's incredible. And he, he, uh... Oh no, it's I'm sorry. That's also good. But it's when they're in the little kind of like self-contained shower yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. And he says, "I hit my wife. I love my wife. Uh why did I do that?" And Caruso's like, "Fuck, man. That's terrible." And uh but then you find out, "Oh, he didn't just hit his wife. Yeah, he, yeah, he killed he, her." He killed her because of an accident. She spilled boiling water on his leg. Right. And in hitting her, he hears the creepy voice go, do it, do it Gordon. Gordon. So he kills her and he kills the, the baby. baby. Yeah. And so the whole movie happens. That, that to me is, is one of the most frightening things about the film is that w- when you realize that the family has been dead. The whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time. Uh, it's it's ab- like that. Yes. That thought that they are. And nothing's happened. No. Um Clearly, no one has missed them or whatever to this point. Nope. So that he is coming and doing this job day after day with a dead wife and baby, and baby at home. At home. And there's all these shots, like, throughout the movie of him parked across the street from his house looking at his house. Right. And I can only imagine now that, I, you know, I just thought of this right now, because he's staying at the hospital. That's right. where he is. He drives... Yeah, Home, to, to go look at the house. Parks, looks at the house, and then drives back. back in the morning so that everybody else thinks, oh, you know. Yeah, he's, he's getting here. He's getting here. It's super creepy. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I just 
people should people should see yeah, it. Yeah, people should watch this movie, even if you know we've already spoiled it for you. I I promise. Hey, you. we gave them an out. Yeah, we did. Honest. We totally did. And then that fucking wheelchair shows up everywhere. Like some of the some of these sh- some of the the shots are incredible, and just this place, like the fact that this place even exists. exists. Yeah. Is. But you know that part of the country is so old, and there's so much up there, and some like some of the oldest graveyards and shit like that. Of course, of course, they're haunted. Right. They've got to be. Uh, yeah, man. something. I, 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 it's. I mean, and they, they all talk about it. You know, um, I, what is Caruso? At one point in the interview, he says, "This is. Pro- I think I don't even think I'm misquoting him. I think I actually wrote it down word for word. This is probably the scariest place in the world." Yeah. Is is what he says. Yeah. Um. And I don't, it, this is, these are special features. This isn't like some weird marketing campaign like they did for Blair Witch or whatever. Right, Like, no. I think he literally is just like, this is fucking terrifying yeah. coming to work here. Yeah. Um, and I even had the thought of like, just in terms of being an actor, how bizarre it would be to shoot any scene in there. And then be like, all right, guys, let's take 10. And just like, you just go to the craft services table and like have a bagel or whatever. Right. And then go back. I don't know. It's it's had to have been an odd, off-putting thing to even be working there. I would I would think. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite movies. Um, I think it's one of yours too. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I absolutely love it. And again, it is one of my favorites, but not something that uh, I'll just like throw on. No. I'm not just like you know. Hey, it's, it's time it's, to watch, yeah, session, watch nine. session nine again. Or you know, I've got a clean the kitchen yeah, I'm going to put on session, session 9, nine. Yeah. no it is definitely a movie that you want time to watch that you're going to sit on the couch and just pay attention to the movie yeah. and that doesn't mean that it's slow or difficult to follow it just means that you want to the, the best way to experience it is if you just allow yourself to be immersed in it yeah I um, agree and then and it, there are things that I think stick with you what well, you said you text what is it that you text to your kids to freak them out oh yeah like sometimes you know this is one of our favorite movies sometimes just randomly you know and my son lives in Boston my sister my sister my daughter doesn't live with us but I will sometimes randomly just text both of them. Hello, Gordon. And, <laughs> and they'll be like, no! That's amazing. I'm a great mother. Yeah. Well, we should point out, both her kids are in their 20s. Yeah. It's not like they're texting a six-year-old. No, man. that's true. That's true. And they both love horror movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Y'all should watch Session, session nine, 9, man. Yeah. It's really, really, really great. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We do. Now. And something that I just want to put out there is if you guys have questions or comments or suggestions about movies that we should watch and then you want to hear us talk about, um, you should feel free to, to post stuff yes. on our page and our website. Yeah, we have a Facebook page. where The website is terrorandtacos.com. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter, at Terror and Tacos. So please, yeah, we have seen a lot of movies, but clearly we have not seen, seen them all. All of them, And right. even if it is one we've seen, if you're like, I would really love a discussion right. about, you know, whatever. Yeah, there were some people already on the Facebook page discussing uh, Saw. Yeah, and which is... Interesting. Something we're going to have to talk about. Yeah. Because there's a... Um, we'll get into that later. There's a subgenre of horror that oddly neither you nor I are necessarily into. No, but my daughter Isa is absolutely into this. And it might be good to have her, her on. Yeah. And cuz she knows it extremely, extremely well yeah, in and detail. It's oddly like the that you and I both have sort of avoided that yeah. section of horror. 
Um, yeah. Also, shout out to Jim John Make Noise for the awesome music. They are amazing. And to John Flores himself for helping us edit things when we go crazy. Right. And thank you to my brother-in-law, Rolando Vera, for making the best fajitas in the world. Absolutely. Um, this is Christy. I'm Michael. We are Terror and Tacos. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'll talk about movies next time. All right. Bye. Bye.